Episode 131, The Loaded Couch, Samurai Robots, Choose Your Own Adventures, Bad Firmware Updates, No Good, Questions from Listeners, and Beer. Which plant seed should this bullet poop? Ferns. Ferns. The manhood flying out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Reach in at your own risk. This This is The Loaded Couch. All right, and we're back with episode 131 of The Loaded Couch. I'm Scotch Hound. And I'm Celtic Fox. And we're man light pitching peg like had to get some back surgery again. Uh, broke so he, back. That's right. So he will be uh, two weeks, maybe, maybe three weeks, he was saying. But uh, we'll see if we can get him back next week or not. Um, three weeks, my ass. He's going to be back next week. You can <laughs> lay in bed and put the headphones on. Yeah. Jim, I hope you're listening to this. Right. All right. Uh, let's get started with what we're drinking. So lead us off. Uh, Sweet baby Jesus. You got to say it's sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, I'm not good with a southern draw, so it <laughs> wouldn't really. Uh, Sweet Baby Jesus, it's a chocolate peanut butter porter, and oh. it's uh, from Duclaw Brewing, and they're out of Baltimore, Maryland. Chocolate peanut butter porter. porter. Yeah, I kind of thought it was a stout, but I uh, hmm. had the wrong assumption there. Uh, it's dark color. Very dark bottle brown, and it's a six point two percent alcohol. All right, uh, I'm still drinking some of uh, Kelk's free freebie, uh, homegrown lager from Victory Brewing, uh, pale lager from Downingtown, PA, golden yellow, four point eight percent alcohol. So that's got to have a nice like um, non carbonated feel to it by now, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You remember how we went over that whole pour last week? I do, I do, and I have like three growlers sitting in my fridge that. I'm like, those things are going to be so flat by the time I get to them, but that's fine because according to, you know, research, that's the way to drink your beer. Right. And I mean, I didn't do the tilt or because like I said, it's in one of those big pickle jars. Dude, you could shake it up and it's not going to. Yeah, I, I poured it in just straight up and down and there was nothing. for. I mean, when I took the cap off, it did a and everything like there was a lot of um, back or build up in there for uh, the yeah. carbonation. But yeah, there, <laughs> it didn't foam. There was no head on it, which is <laughs> hey, it tastes good still. So. I'm not going to complain. All right. In beer news, um, the topic is pumpkin beer. Since we're getting into that, uh, you know, kind of time frame of the year. um, And the topic is that pumpkin beer is in our history, in the Americans' history of beer brewing. So um, there is a, I guess, a song back in the 1630s. Uh, around, you know, that the settlers were putting together that said something along the, we have pumpkin at morning pumpkin and pumpkin at noon. Um, if it was not for pumpkin, we should be undone. Uh, settlers practically lived uh, on all things. Uh, they said pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread, pumpkin soup, and, of course, pumpkin beer made from gourds. Uh, now, they also quoted it was beaten in a trough as apples and mixed with whatever was on hand. Um, the pilgrims added uh, persimmon, persimmons, pers- yeah, persimmons, and maple syrup. Oh, okay. So I was gonna um, say, because we've always said pumpkin really ha- doesn't have much of a flavor to it, right? So adding that syrup, I'm, so they pumpkin the hell out of everything. They drink. Well, yeah, the one or thing that I was, should say consume. The one thing I was reading in there is they were saying because um, it grows like weeds in you know the U.S. Okay, uh, yeah. So it was just you know when they ran out of pretty much everything to make regular um, you know uh, drinks, beer and stuff out of pumpkins was super prolific. So they said why not? Okay, so it's. 
I, I let you choose the uh, the beer mash topic like blind. So it's funny that you bring that up because I just saw from Rogue that they're releasing their pumpkin, you know, pumpkin ale. And I was like, all right, maybe we should all try that because we were so harsh on them with their sriracha. <laughs> and and we've had a couple different pumpkin beers already. And we said they're like kind of hit or miss. So I think maybe we should give Rogue a shot. And if we can track down their pumpkin, we give that a try. Right, now, I've been holding on to one. Whiskers got me one f- almost a month ago now. And I've uh, been keeping it in the fridge, waiting for it to get a little bit cooler, get a little bit more of that fall feel and stuff, which it is now. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find the uh, the Rogue. Uh, if we can't, though, uh, let's definitely do, um, if not next week, the week after, something like that of uh, our pumpkin. Let's try and do it for, like, a Halloween week. We'll do the pumpkin. Because I think the tweet says it releases today or something. So we'll give it a week or so to get in transit into the stores. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, now let's get into some movies did you watch anything good i did i did and uh, and then a recap for the listeners too starting at the beginning of the year we're going to uh do a little spinoff we're going to do movies and tv talk uh usually once a month at the same time frame that we do our frog of destiny and jack mayhoff reviews uh but for right now we're gonna mash it all together um i did i watched uh transformers the last night okay I also watched Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. So, uh, I'm assuming you bought it and watched it at home. Yeah, so Spider-Man Homecoming we bought because, one, we'd heard great things about it. It got great reviews, yada, yada, yada. Um, I was a little underwhelmed with it. Okay. I, In what way? Maybe because it had so much hype as being, like, the best Spider-Man to date. Now, I like, did see it, and I mean, did I overhype it when I reviewed? You didn't. You didn't. But I, I mean, everybody else overhyped it. And I went in, and I'm like expecting like Avengers Civil War, you know, like just something, you know, nonstop. I, I like the Peter Parker comedy. I mean, I kind of always liked that comedy in the, the Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to think. It's sad to say, but I almost want to say like, Iron Man and Tony Stark carried the movie more than Spider-Man did himself. I don't know if you, like, recall that. Now, uh, who's the butler um, that was with him a lot of the time? What the heck's his name again? Joe, too. Yeah, his butler guy. Yeah, what's it called? But I forget his name. But that's what I'm saying. It's almost like the movie didn't really stand on its own without without the help of Tony Stark. And, I mean, I know they're they're trying to... And everything else... I thought a suit was badass, like especially the one at the end. But again, that's um, the thing. I mean, if if it wasn't for that inclusion of uh, Tony Stark kind of giving him that super suit and all, if you're saying that that kind of made a lot of it, I yeah, can see where I, you're I just wanna, I want to say like I I feel like the just the character himself and stuff didn't have enough weight to like really be his own, you know, carry his own movie. But it was good. Don't get me wrong. I I just don't think it was like the 92 percent fresh or whatever. Um, but I would definitely give it like a, an eight out of ten, or you know, seven and a half out of ten. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, and then real quick, we rented Transformers the last night. My son wanted to watch that. Uh, that's another Mark Wahlberg one. It's the most recent one. Um, it kind of goes into the whole Cybertron and Unicron. I don't know if you ever saw the original uh, Transformer cartoon movie, but Unicron was in there. He was the big 
planet slash moon with the horns, and he would kind of grab other planets and devour them. Um, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. So they they touched upon Unicron and uh, again Cybertron, where Prime and all them came from. Um, I don't want to spoil really anything on it. I, I'd give it. I'd give that one like a seven out of ten as well. It, it was good. I didn't think it was of the better Transformers. But you didn't I, I don't. Buy it. No, didn't buy it. We rented it because it had gotten bad reviews, and I, I kind of agree with it. I, I think it was a fair, uh, fair movie, and I think the last Transformers, the one Mark Wahlberg, was actually better than this one. Okay. How yeah. about you? What'd you watch? Uh, I watched. It's that time of the year, so I watched Sleepy Hollow. And um, nice. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times and stuff. It was. I was. Uh, I had to do some late night work the one night, so I kind of had it on in the background. I mean, you know, wasn't super focused, but it's still just an excellent, great movie. Um, Did you watch the other um, Johnny Depp movie where he's the barber? What's it called? Yeah. Uh, oh. Where he like puts uh, him in the Sweeney pie. Todd. The- Sweeney Todd. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did watch that. Okay. Um, I. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's something to do with any of the stuff that's new with him right now. Um, kind of like the bad publicity stuff that he gets and all, uh, thus far. Um, I think there is limits to his acting because I started watching Willy Wonka as well. And I think he did a decent job with that. Um, the Sweeney Todd one, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought a lot of people did a good job. It's funny seeing, uh, Helena Bonham Carter in that, uh, with him because she's in a lot of the movies that he's in. Uh, anything That's, that um, she was married to uh, what's his name, the guy that directs them all. Yeah, uh, why can't I think of it right now? He did the uh, Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass and stuff. Tim Burton. Tim Burton, yeah. Um, so it's like everything that he does, he he brings Johnny in and he gets Helen Bonham Carter and stuff in with him too. So, um, but I, I don't know if I just wasn't sold on the singing or I mean, he did like the the evil part of you know Sweeney Todd very well, and the backstory kind of played into why he was so evil. I just you know, seeing him kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, we've gotten stuck with him being Captain Jack Sparrow. Well, I was going to expect build on that. I think, I think we need to see, we need to see more Johnny Depp, not as the weirdo. Right. Does that make sense? Like whether it's Captain Jack or Willy Wonka or the Mad Hatter, the Mad Hatter or Sweeney Todd, right. you know, like it, he's, kind of drifted off into that weirdo role where if you think back to Johnny Depp, like in nightmare on Elm street, you know, like his first movie and, you know, and, uh, some of those rough, like just realistic roles he played, he, he actually had some acting chops, right, but right. I, I know what you're saying. He's kind of drifted off into space recently. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I watched that. All right. In the movie news, uh, Kate Winslet joins avatar sequel. Yeah. All right. So that was, announcement today i guess so supposedly the band's getting back together with cameron and winslet but i guess they left uh leonardo dicaprio out of this <laughs> that'd be funny if he made an appearance in this thing yeah. uh, i wonder i'm curious if she's gonna be one of the blue people like blue is she gonna be like her heart of the ocean that got dropped in the water by the old lady <laughs> uh as one of the uh, you know what were they called the uh, the locals or the natives oh uh... i can't remember I forget, but supposedly these Avatar sequels, right. I don't know if it's all of them, but some of them have to take place with underwater. So it's kind oh. of funny that she got picked to be in one of the water sequels. I wonder if they're going to be looking for a boat. <laughs> That's where Jack will make his appearance. Right, right. 
Don't go, Jeff. Don't go. <laughs> See, that was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, how big was that door that she was laying on that, they, that he couldn't get up on top there with her? Exactly. He's going to come back for revenge. <laughs> Not moving over on the driftwood. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> All right. Uh, TV, what'd you watch? Um. Uh, not much TV. Nothing. Oh, if I did, nothing pops up. But I'm still really enjoying the Orville. Okay. Uh, I think we're we just watched episode f- three and four. Um, my wife kind of actually got into it a little. She kind of paid attention a little bit. Now I think uh, you've seen a lot more of the Star Trek movies than you have the actual series. Am I correct? That's correct. I really didn't watch series. Okay. Um, for what the movies have shown you of what Star Trek is. How does the Orville kind of So the Orville, the first episode kind of like opened up with a little more comedy than I think maybe it wanted. And then the the two, three and four episodes, they really started touching on like that serious tone. But I remember reading that one interview with him and that I think we kind of touched on our show was. There's always either a Star Trek that's like serious mm-hmm. or some other sci-fi show that's serious, but nothing represents what if we were in space and there were people that just like didn't take it as serious and kind of cracked jokes as they were exploring space. And that had some sarcasm to it. Yeah, and that's kind of what the show is. Like there's definitely like these moments and there's these topics and you know moral moments where it's got a serious tone to the show, but of course he's got his little sarcasm and you know little snarks that he makes. So, yeah, my son actually really likes the show too. So that's why we keep going back and watching it. But okay. I would recommend if you're gonna watch the Orville, don't watch just the first episode and make your assumption on that. At least try to get through the first three episodes. Okay, all right. Uh, myself, I watched uh, some Misfits Garage and uh, Modern Family, and I also watched a show called The Sniffer. What's The Sniffer? Um, it's a Russian uh, show. Um, you know, it's it's all uh, subtitled in English, and it's just kind of this like police. Um, the the guy, I don't know. He's kind of his personality reminds me of something like a house. Um, he's kind of this eccentric um, who has a really overactive uh, olfactory sense. Um, doesn't like sniff ladies' panties and stuff, does he? <laughs> no, no, but he, it's funny because he wears these um, nasal guards uh, all the time to cut down on his ability. And when he, you know, he needs to figure something out, he takes the nasal guard out, and then he can smell like, you know, a piece of paper that somebody touched a week ago, and can pick up like different uh-huh. things from the person's body on those pieces of paper and stuff and he helps people figure out um you know uh, his his best friend or something like that works for what would be the fbi but over in russia now is and then he, they work together to figure things out does he have any other form of a disability where the sniffing he's super like, allergic to cats i don't know if it's all pets but cats at least but he's not blind or deaf or anything no no so so my wife and i watched a my mom might have been over visiting too, but we watched a special. It was like 60 minutes or one of those shows. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's blind and he actually makes a clicking sound with his, with his tongue. Oh, to be able to he, see, right? And he can ha- do sonar like a freaking bat. Right. They, they're like doing tests on this guy, like head scans. And they showed him, he's like walking through a park clicking and he was able to tell where the pavilion was. He was like running his hand, like, 
outlining where a tree would be like laying down it was crazy man how like people can evolve to have these extra senses when they yeah, lack. I thought they had something and I don't know if it was like a brain games or something like that that I was watching and uh I thought they showed this guy walk his way through like a uh, completely black room with things like uh, just little like sticks or you know little flagpoles kind of sticking up in the um in the room and he worked his way through and then they had kids try and do the same thing to see how quick they would pick up on it. Yeah. Cuz they said yeah. that um you know a child's brain's a little bit more um you know uh quicker to adapt to things like that but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, TV news. Uh, Westworld creator uh, tees a medieval and Roman world in season two of HBO series or of mm. the HBO series. I kind of had a hunch on this one. Yeah. So on uh, day two of the 2017 Vanity Fair summit, uh, Westworld creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy hinted at the possibility of the introduction of new theme parks in the next season, uh, specifically Roman world and medieval world amusement park zones, which were included in michael uh, crichton's original 1973 movie now did you see crichton's original uh, crichton sorry yeah uh no i didn't if you get the chance watch it i actually watched it once it was on oh boy it was back when i had all my cable like movie channels it was like on cinemax or one of those channels but okay. if you get a chance watch it because season one starts to make a lot more sense, <laughs> you know? Um, and then they touch upon the Roman world and the medieval world. Right. Now I was going to ask, uh, in the first season, um, they kind of specifically stuck to, uh, Western. I mean, I know that they did some of like when they were walking around, um, you know, within the main factory area of Westworld, you got to see some additional character models and stuff that were going to be going on in the other worlds, but you really only ever focused on the West world. Well, that, yeah, that was kind of their homage to the original movie. And people thought that maybe that was like all they were going to show it was like in the manufacturing departments. They were going to, you saw, I don't want to spoil anything on how season one wraps up, but you do see little elements of like other theme parks. Yeah, like one looked like an Asian kind of ninja or samurai. Mm-hmm. And stuff. But when I saw that, I was almost pretty certain that I think they're going to try to do that or at least show more of that in season two. Right. And, and I know the little inside joke we had going, uh, I'm still calling it uh, Game of Thrones is going to actually be the uh, medieval world. <laughs> Now, um, with them moving on to the, uh, or at least opening up the, uh, the, the option for um, the medieval and the Roman, uh, are they going to completely, you know, lose the, uh, the Western now and, you know, completely shift gears? Or is it going to still have that Western kind of base that they branch off of now? Well, thoughts. You know, just watch, watch the movie. The, mo- the movie, watch the original movie because... It will kind of answer the question you just okay, asked. Okay, so they're not completely breaking and just setting up with a brand new... Well, remember how season one kind of wrapped yeah, yeah, up yeah. as well. And So take that thought and mix that with the other parks, and gotcha. it kind of will sync right up with how the movie All is. All right, so they well. are going to maintain one overall uh, kind of, I guess, storyline. Yes, one storyline, but it may interconnect with multiple parts. Gotcha. Parks. Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. So at the top of the panel discussion, Nolan and Joy were asked why they left out the Roman medieval worlds 
in season two with Nolan responding. No, in season one with Nolan responding, we had to save something for season two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so you excited for it? I am. I'm, I actually missed that show. I that was that was the show that I think totally dethroned me off of watching The Walking Dead. Yes, it if did. I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But it was funny because I think even, what was it, halfway through, you kind of fell off and got a few weeks behind then too, didn't you? Of The Walking Dead? No, uh, Westworld. Oh, no, no, no. Were you current the entire way through? We were current the whole, I mean, we had like reminders set for that show. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just once I saw that, you know, once I saw that show with the story writing and all that stuff, it just made Walking Dead, I was was numb to The Walking Dead at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had your uh, your favorite robot dome in it, so sold. <laughs> All right, comfy couch review. Uh, we had to do the uh, Death Note movie, um, so I'm gonna read out what Pigeon's uh, review was. Since he couldn't be here and he didn't want to get his uh, money payment, he did watch it and he wanted to say uh, it was a yay for him, and he loved Willem Dafoe's character. Uh, was pretty wicked. <laughs> so, uh, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. My thoughts were kind of building off of what Pigeon was saying. I think the I think Defoe was good, but he was odd. Like not odd in a like almost like I think the effects were kind of cheesy on him. Okay. Like I, I now was that really was, him or was that CGI? Exactly. That's my point. So it was the voice didn't really gel well with the character, and I was kind of like. Almost felt like they cheesed mm-hmm. the special effects. Uh, it's hard to explain. I just felt like something was slightly off with him. But I did like the character itself. I thought it was pretty cool. Overall, I loved the the, the movie. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I had no idea about it. It was a. I guess the premise is built on one of those manga uh, books. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was really popular manga franchise or series or something. I like the cat and mouse elements to it, and I'll just leave it with I like the twist at the end of it. Yeah, the, yeah. Then that so was, yeah, that was it was a yay for me. me. Okay, yeah, I was a yay as well. And uh, again, uh, the idea was fun, and the twist ending is always going to get me. Um, now, I said when I was discussing it with Whiskers, because she had watched it with me, that uh, it had kind of a B-movie feel to it. She completely disagrees and would probably tell me that I'm 100% wrong in saying that. Because I don't think it felt like blockbuster um, quality, even though, you know, it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it was released as a Netflix movie, so then it wasn't. But it kind of had a lot more quality than what your typical, like, uh, you know, what is that? The Killer Tomatoes from Outer Space and stuff kind of uh, be horror movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're you're just saying it lacked a little of that Hollywood polish to make it like a blockbuster. But again, which wasn't a bad thing. No, at no, all. not at all. Um, and again, it was the, the twist at the end really got me. So if you get a chance, definitely uh, check that out and you know give it a watch. Uh, it's fun, especially you know it's not overly um, gruesome and gory. It's not going to be you know something like your saws for the holiday Halloween uh, well season. It, but it has its moments of gore, but it's not. It, it's kind of just like the one quick death scene, right? Can can be a little a little gory. I, I would tell people it's it reminded me a lot of Final Destination, the original. Okay, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I can see that. So definitely, I'd agree with that. And then what's our frog pick? Because Pigeon 
was the one to pick. Okay, now Pigeon wrote it, and I I don't know if he misspelled it, but he has uh, OJKA. OJK? So I know I know what this is. This is on Oka? net. It's Oka or something, and it's on Netflix. It's one of their original movies as well. And the, the creature, it's a Japanese. It has American actors, but it's kind of Japanese style, and it has this creature that looks like a mix between a hippopotamus and an elephant. Okay, so I don't know. I think that is Okja. Is that Okja? Okay, I think it is because uh, I think my parents watched it with uh, Jonas, so I thought that's what they had called it. Maybe he's got the spelling right, but I, I, I didn't look the same. All right, so that's that's his movie. He'll have to clarify next week if we got it wrong. Whatever. All right, uh, beer thoughts. Uh, it's a yay. It's um, it was a little harsh at first, but I'm about halfway through it, and it got smooth. Um, hey, now do you get a lot of the peanut butter? I don't get a lot of the peanut butter. It's almost like just, it. It's like the pumpkin beers. It's it's subtle, but not like overpowering. I still definitely get more of the chocolate than I do the peanut butter. All right, so you're at least getting the chocolate out of it. So. But it doesn't. It doesn't taste like a Reese's peanut butter cup, though, because that would be fabulous. But, right. <laughs> but no, it's still definitely a porter. Okay. Uh, myself, uh, I'm definitely a yay. I think I said that last time when I drank this. It's um, now that it's a little bit more flat. It's not as bitey. It definitely has more of that lager kind of feel to it. Still with the citrusy kind of uh, finish or overall, um, I guess, uh, flavor on the tongue. Um, but it doesn't have that IPA kind of bite anymore like it originally had when we first had it straight out of the keg. Um, but it's definitely something to give a try if you guys are interested uh, in, or if you do like lagers and stuff like that and don't mind a little bit of citrus flavor, uh, definitely give it a try. So. Uh, let me do my food pairing for Pigeon because I know he's listening. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. I'd pair it up with candy corn. <laughs> really? I'm kidding. I, I can't think of something right now. It's definitely, <laughs> it needs something smoky. So like smoked ribs or something like that? Okay. I was going to say candy corn. Are you kidding? <laughs> That'd be kind of gross. All right, well, let's get another beer, and uh, we'll be back with Let's Talk Games. Hey, if you want to email us at couch at gmail.com or tweet us at couch, maybe we'll send something in return. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All right, we're back with Let's. Let's. Talk. Talk. Games. Games. All right, but before we talk games, let's hear what Kelk's drinking still. I'm finishing up the uh, Sweet Baby Jesus. Sweet uh, Baby Jesus? Yeah, I only got about halfway through it, but again, I'm enjoying it, so I'm going to finish it up. All right. Uh, I did change it up. I moved on to a Golden Monkey from Victory Brewing Company. It's a Belgian triple from Downingtown, PA. It's a cloudy golden yellow. and It's, dar- it's darker than like a golden yellow um, at 9.5% alcohol. All right, games, Kelk. Since you are the BMOC, why don't you leave this off with what you played this past week? <laughs> so, I played some Cuphead. Woo! Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's really... It's it's hard to find something bad <laughs> to, to talk about. I've only played about maybe an hour of it. Okay. So Now, I've uh, heard it's kind of, it can be short. I would say absolutely not. <laughs> Unless you are a Contra legend or some, you know, expert player from back in the late 80s mm-hmm. uh, that only used one quarter in the arcade machine, um, I can't see beating this game in under 10 hours at least. 
Okay. Um, I do remember seeing it might have been a review where somebody was talking about it and said start to finish the content wise. Uh, you might be able to beat it in about two hours if you like speed run through the whole thing and you just were that good. You never died. Right. But getting the coins and the all the times you're going to die and the restarts and I would say at least 10 hours and that that might even be on the short side. Okay, now um, um, there is a story. I'm assuming. Yeah. So originally no it was supposed story. to be. Yeah, it was supposed to be just boss battles. I guess the two brothers that made it. They wanted it to be a lot like those old, you know, Contra games and stuff when they were younger. Yep. But because it's just the two of them and you know stuff like that, they had to focus pretty much on the boss battles. But since it showed so good at E3 and stuff, and it got picked up and published by Microsoft. Uh, they spun it into, you know, having a storyline. Um, it's got some run and gun levels. It's got boss battles. It's got the whole top down, like super, uh, like Mario. Like what? What was the? Which was the first Mario? Super Mario Brothers three, I think, was the first one when you can like walk around the map and select the areas that you want to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought two. No, two led you through. Yeah, three. Three was it? Yep. So it's got that feel. Um, art. Okay, style. so it is right there. You know, there is some people that you have to interact with. There is some storyline and stuff, but you are kind of moving around. Not exactly an open world map, but like you're saying, the top down one where you can choose no, which no. battles you go to and stuff. Yeah, there's a path and little dots where you select. You know, do you want to fight in the garden patch or do you want to, you know, go fight in the forest or do you want to just do the little speed run checkpoint? But uh, yeah, it's got all that stuff. It's it's got a nice mix. Um, the artwork is beyond brilliant and flawless. Uh, right. And on, and on top of that, man, the sound, the the swing jazz, all that stuff, like rec- you know, was recorded. I think they said by like a thirteen piece jazz band. Um, the little subtle things, like the when the dialogue of the characters try to talk, it's got that old tinny speaker sound, like really you know gargled up and stuff and then uh one of the coolest little features it, it can get annoying but his the, the little um sound effect whenever they shoot mm-hmm. is is actually little feet it's a uh, tap dancer that's too funny so it's the little click 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 you know the click sound of yeah, the tap it's not a um, pew 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 no it's totally tap dancing that's too um, funny i i would totally agree with um pretty much every review out there for $20. It's almost like the game that everybody should have in their library. Um, you know, to, su- to support the, the guys that made it and everything they went through. Um, now I've heard it's catch co-op. It is. Um, I haven't tried it yet with my son, but it's uh, not online multiplayer. It's not online. They said they're going to look into adding that. Okay. I would, now that I've played it, because I, I did hear that argument a lot from people, uh, especially when it was being reviewed and stuff, people were a little disappointed because it didn't have the online. I almost think it's the type of game you have to play with somebody on the couch. Okay. It's, it's just, it's that funny and that good that you almost want to share the excitement in the moment with the person next to you. I mean, doing it over party chat and over online is going to be fun, but it's not going to be the same experience. Gotcha. Okay. Now with um you know that said i haven't really seen anything that said uh 
yes, it's 100% coming to uh, Switch. Um, thoughts? Yeah, okay. Well, okay, so I know the road's a little rocky with Microsoft and Sony as far as the cross-play. Right. And I know Microsoft and Nintendo seem to have a pretty good relationship going right now. If there is a platform I'd want it to go to, I would say it'd be the Switch because I could see playing couch co-op or like local network only, you know, where the the Xbox is going to have difficulties over online. I, I can just foresee that. But right. being in the, on the same network or like in the same room playing on two different switches, I think would be an absolute blast. And again, um, that was something I was thinking with the take it with you option too with the switch. It's like yeah, the same I don't, with it being mostly, you know, you can pretty completely run the game solo. Yeah. Does the switch, does it come? So say you both take it like on the go with you. Mm -hmm. Does the, does the switch communicate switch to switch? Like yes, it's supposed to be up via, to eight. But does it do it like Bluetooth, or does it need a network to establish and then communicate so the via the network? To the best of my knowledge, it does it. Uh, it will do it like via Bluetooth. Okay, so then then it would work, and yeah, I, I would love to see this on a Nintendo platform. I think it would sell like gangbusters. Right. But uh, again, for nothing for this the, far. Yeah, but for the $20, my son bought it himself. He was watching videos um, along with me, and I was kind of like, ah, I'm going to get it at some point, but he wanted it. I've been teaching the value of the dollar, and he uh, he bought it himself. He loves it. Yeah, okay. Uh, what else did you play? Uh, I played Life is Strange. Uh, I put it in here because it was part of our uh, homework, which you know I'll talk about a little more, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what, what did you play? Uh, I played Oxenfree. I finally got into it since it was uh, Games with Gold, uh, and I'm enjoying it. Um, I feel like there's some decisions that I had to, because I was sitting here trying to play it with Whiskers and get her kind of feedback on some things, and we get kind of reading the um, the statement. And I know you have the option of not making a reply if you don't want to. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, did you get a little panicky the way it dims out? I did. I did. There was some that it, it seems like the timing's not the same every single time. Like sometimes you have a faster option that you have to or that you have to answer, and sometimes it gives you a little bit longer. And I'm just some of them. Okay. I think I was like, oh crap, that's not exactly what I wanted to say when I saw like another answer or whiskers would say something, and I'm like, I started to panic when I saw it dimming, and then she's like, oh this one, and I had already hit like the wrong button, like or the button I opposite gotcha. of what she said. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, I might want to go back and maybe have her just roll through it by herself and see what, uh, you know, her outcome now, is. But now this is coming to the switch. Right. Do you, is from what you've played so far, is this like a another good take with you on the go or like I said, lay in bed late at night and play? Or, you know, would you think about purchasing it again to support the developers? Because I think it was, I think it was only fifteen dollars. I'm yeah, not sure. That price point would probably make it, um, you know, something I would do. Uh, okay. I think now that I've played it for free the one time through, like the only thing that I'm thinking about is that I want to go back and I want to find everything in the map. Uh, I haven't gone into the uh, the final bunker yet. Okay. Um, and I'm, I, I'm I'm starting to think, you know, maybe there's some different decisions. I want to come back and maybe play an asshole role and kind of start fights with people. Um, yeah, I told you there there was a person on Reddit that had said they played through six times already. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, there's other backlog games that I have. That's why I'm not sure, mm. you know, the play the replayability of it. I mean, it does have the replayability option to it. Um, but, 
yeah, I'm not, I mean, again, that $15 price point is pretty much easy, so yeah, I would probably pick it up, especially if it's something that Whiskers would uh, play after she gets done with Zelda, and it's kind of, because she's still holding off on uh, playing again, or uh, trying to beat Ganon right now, because she feels like she won't <laughs> go back to the game. Um, so I will do it as a very good possibility, but still maybe. Okay. But, uh, I also played uh, Stranger Things, the game. It's a free app uh, in the App Store. <laughs> Okay, uh, I it's heard about pretty this. cool. It's um, it's kind of, it's it's like a Mario top-down kind of look, like when you were saying with the Mario three when you're going through the uh, the board selection of where you wanted to go, where it kind of has a little bit of an axonometric kind of look to it. Okay. Um, but it's you know it's that just off-centered uh, top-down look. Um, it's actually really really big and it it plays really well. There's a uh, there's some puzzling to it, um, where you have to kind of uh, search out the map things for different types of uh, keys or uh, different collectible items and stuff, and then remember who that has to go to. Uh, who do you play as? Uh, well, you start off as the sheriff. Okay. And I've picked up uh, one of the boys. I don't remember his name right now. Uh, but it, it's but the sheriff has um, fists only, so when you see some um, bad guys and stuff which is weird because there are some and i'm assuming that they are the uh, government agents um you know you have to beat them with the fists uh but then the second character that i picked up he also has a slingshot um and they have some things that it's like okay there's got to be a way to open up this door and there's some parts where you have to use the slingshot because you just can't get over to push that button yeah one of the kids had a slingshot right in in the in the show yeah, so I mean, there is a little. It's it's not a lot of puzzling, uh, there, but there is a little bit of puzzling to it, where uh, you know you have to figure out how to get through. Um, uh, but it's the, the size of the map is actually impressive, I have to say, for it being an app game. Hmm. I mean, I know they didn't have to go, you know, uh, memory intensive with it. Uh, you know, the look that it has, it's got a very eight bit um, old school look to it, like eighties look, you mm-hmm. know, which goes along with the show. Um, but it, it's definitely, I think if you can find it for free, pick it up because it, it's, you know, or not if you can find it for free, if you can find it in your app store or in your uh, game store on your uh, phone, pick it mm-hmm. up. It, it, it's a, a great free game uh, thus far. Okay. Uh, and the last thing, um, we, I, I downloaded, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I fell in this weekend when I was uh, under the influence of alcohol a little bit. Uh, we went away up to the uh, Great Lakes uh, for the weekend and I picked up snipper clips. You did a pigeon drunk purchase. Yeah, but it was uh, it was great because I played with my dad and he was enjoying it. I played with uh, or my son played with my dad. The two of them were having a great time with it. It's um, it's a lot of fun. I I really like this type of game. It's um, it is a puzzler, I'd okay. say because you know you're the two little shapes. You have to use each other's shape to clip each other to different shapes to try and fill some voids um you know that ha- they have outlines so you have to make yourself into the shape and you have to work together too uh jim was okay. saying i haven't played as an individual yet i've only played in um pairs like couch co-op but jim was saying if you play as an individual you have to switch between the two characters yourself and figure out how to do the uh, okay. okay he says which makes it a lot more of a challenge so i, I think i want to try that too but even whiskers and i we tried it uh last night and uh, she was having fun with it. She's like, at first I was like, eh, but then once we got into it, I think she said like second or third board, it finally started to click what we were doing. And she she really had a lot of fun with it. And we were giggling and just having a good time. Like, you know, because, I mean, it, it, it's Nintendo, so it has a lot of cuteness factor. Yes. And uh, it's just, you know, working together and stuff was a lot of fun. So definitely, I mean, for the 1999 that it was, I'd say it's definitely a worthwhile have. 
especially on the, the Switch console. So, All right, let's get into some comfy couch review. Uh, Jim had us playing two backlog games. Any two games that were sitting in our backlog catalog that we haven't finished or played in a while that we wanted to play more of. So uh, again, Jim's not here. He wanted me to just say that he played Ori in the Blind Forest. He gave it a yay. Damn it, Calc was right. Uh, this game is really, really good. Not as hard as Calc and Scotch say it is, especially the tree climb. He can go shove it right up his ass. He's probably playing. Yeah, I call BS on that. <laughs> uh, the other game that he said he played was Mad Max, and he gave that a yay as well. He said, everything I want in the game, cars, platforming, collectibles, fighting, shooting, upgrading, uh, Just Cause 3 dev made the game. So uh, he, as much as he loves the Just Cause series, um, I can see that game being up his alley. So. And as we're recording that, I think that's actually a deals with gold this week. It's $5. Mad Maxes. For Mad Max, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, what'd you play? Um, so I'll jump back kind of what we were just talking about. I played Oxenfree. I beat it. Okay, um, nice. 100%, yes, I absolutely love it. Um, the You know, making your own choices reminded me a lot of the old, you know, Tandy and, you know, choose your own adventure games I used to play as a kid. Right. Um, I, I like the art style. I like being able to wander around. I did think it was a little bit like a walking simulator at times, a little excessive. Yeah, that got a little, a little boring. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Um, especially because I missed one thing and that's why I stopped playing was I just kind of got to a point where I was like, damn it, I don't know where to go next. So, <laughs> I don't want to walk all the way back across. the Yeah. So I, I came back to it, you know, for this assignment. Right. Um, and I did get... Uh, you know, again, towards the end, I was popping. I think the, the night I beat it, I got like six or seven Chivos. Um, I got a 3% ultra rare Chivo. You love your ultra rares. Um, yes, I love that diamond sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I highly, like we talked about, I highly recommend Oxen Free if you get the chance. Um, also, Life is Strange, like I mentioned a little earlier. Uh, I beat, so... Life is Strange, I think, was a was it a Games of Gold, or it might have been on a deal, but I purchased it and I bought the whole complete edition. So it's like a five, I think it's a five part series. Okay. Um, I beat episode one, and last night I, I mean, I have to be at the very end of episode two because I played the hell out of it last night. Okay. Um, it's a yes. I I love it. It's a you know story. It's it's almost got this like drama suspense TV show. It reminded me a lot of Riverdale. Right. Um, just some weird stuff that happens. I think I told you you and Pigeon before. It's got like a butterfly effect. Uh, you know, your decisions have consequences, and you can rewind time, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, you said only I, a certain I, amount of time, though, right? What on your decision? No, on the rewind. Uh, yeah, there's kind of like these little markers as you re- rewind the spiral. It like indicates to you that you should stop there to change your decision. Right, right, I right. think you can go back a little further, but you can't just like sit there and rewind the whole game. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, I forget what I, I forget honestly what I paid for it. I think I might've got like 1499 for the whole complete edition. Right. Um, again, this, this fits right in there with. The whole oxen free cuphead 
Life is Strange. Any of these games, if you can get from anything under $20, I highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, myself, I played uh, the Battlefield 1 comp- campaign. I never... I think I started the first uh, you know, episode or the first whatever it was, and then I went through that and stopped, and then immediately got into multiplayer and just never went back. So I went back, and I think I'm at the last or second to last um, campaign level now. I just finished with uh, defending, I think it was London, I think, uh, up on the airship where I had to take down the Zeppelins. I think I got... I'm right in the same boat as you. I, believe it or not, didn't beat the single player either, and I think I beat the Zeppelin mission. That I might be at the same exact spot you are. Okay, so uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it was a great story. I mean, it, it kind of comes in with different... Um, protagonists that you're kind of following along with for the different episodes that you're in for the storyline mm-hmm. uh i think the historic value that it kind of brings even though it is kind of a twist on reality um was good because like my son was here for some of it and he's just like wow dad that, that's really sad and i'm like yeah dude i'm like war is not a fun thing no matter how you split it exactly and, like, and it's funny you mentioned that and... yeah that's one of the it's one of the few shooter games i actually let my son play because of the historical side to it and he, right. he's he's played some of the single player and watched me play the multiplayer but same exact thing as your son he watched some of the single player campaign and it really kind of hit home to him and i uh, you know i said to him i'm like yeah this is this is exactly like what happens in war and it's not a you know a glorified thing like a video game yeah i mean even so. still with the um you know us going kind of in our digital age into you know a lot more drones and stuff like that it's still on the receiving end lives are being yeah. lost and stuff like that and especially just... the uh, i think it was like the first mission where you have to cross through that village of just pure chaos oh yeah 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 and you can't walk more than 20 steps without getting killed right so and some of the things like in those the trench warfare portions of it and stuff too like with just the mud and the bodies laying everywhere he was just like what the heck is this and i'm like trying to explain it to him as to yeah, yeah this is really how it was not exactly you know what i mean but you know, just the, the reference to it and just kind of educating them with something that they might not have known prior to, you know, because you can't really get that understanding and just being told about it. Sometimes the visuals do help with understanding. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, the other one was I went back to Costume Quest 2. Was this a, was this a one of the freebies? Because I'm wondering it if, was I, a long time if ago. I have this. It was probably, I'd say, easily a year ago, uh, Games with Gold. Okay. Um, it's <laughs> It's fun. Um, you're three kids. Uh, the main story kind of goes into where this uh, dentist is trying to, he found a way to travel on time, and he's trying to go back to the original establishment of Halloween being a, um, a celebration where kids uh, get candy. Okay. You know, him being a dentist, he doesn't like bad teeth and stuff like that. So he's trying to go back and change history so that we don't celebrate Halloween with handing out candy and kids eating candy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so the three kids um, that you're with, um, as you tr- uh, travel through, you know, in the storyline and stuff, uh, there is some, um, again, there's some puzzling kind of uh, looting to it, okay. uh, where you have to figure out ways to get into a certain yard to get some of the loot items and stuff. Uh, you don't have to get all the loot items if you don't want to, but there's some things that you might want. Um, there's, uh, it had, like I said, the storyline's pretty decent if you follow through. Uh, it is a turn-based uh, fighter. Uh, okay. Along the lines of like a child of light. Okay, gotcha. Um, but the fun thing with it is, is the kids as you progress through, you can get different costumes for them to wear. 
and the kids will wear them in the actual game as you're like progressing through the board and stuff. Um, but then as you get to these uh, fighting portions, um, if it depends on what costume you're wearing as to what attributes your character. I was just going to ask. So the costumes have the attributes. Yeah. So like the one okay. kid, I forgot that I had him dressed up as a piece of candy corn. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned that before. <laughs> uh, when it comes to his turn to do something, he doesn't do anything. It just it's completely like a blank. He can't get hit. He doesn't fight back. He doesn't you know defend. He doesn't do anything. Uh, when you're the clown, um, you have like a bounce attack where it's a physical attack, and uh, then you also have an opportunity when your uh, your super bar kind of fills to heal your entire team. Hmm. Uh, there's a superhero, um, you know, and it's funny because when it goes into the battle mode, the kids, they come in, they stand there, and then all of a sudden they, they morph into these, uh, like it kind of just automatically shows them, like whoever's dressed up as the superhero looks like a legit, like big jawed, um, kind of cartoon, like superhero, big chest, <laughs> really skinny waist and stuff. Uh, the clown's cool. like super heavy, uh, really tall with like the, you know, overly si- big feet like and stuff pe- like that. Pennywise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that's kind of fun and stuff like that. But it, it's it's actually a really good game for what it was. And it's uh, for the um, the kid feel of it. Uh, it doesn't really have, I don't think it has an age rating for, you know, scary factor or any kind of language or anything. So it's great for your kids to play, especially this time of year with Halloween and stuff. It's just something fun. So uh, I definitely recommend it and say give it a chance if you can find it cheap. I mean, like I said, I got it for free. That's the reason I was playing it. But it's it, it's a lot of fun. All right, um, let's the Jack Mayhoff. Uh, we did this selection last week. It was myself. Uh, I figured since we're into the season, let's play some Madden 17. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jim had an idea of maybe we go through and do a um, another uh, draft session with the three of us. Okay. And then, because I think in Madden you could do a draft, and then we use those teams to play against each other. And that's the thing. Okay. I want us to play Madden Seventeen, but I want to play. I want us to play against each other. Okay, gotcha. So online multiplayer portion of Madden Seventeen, not just like the single player campaign stuff. I mean, okay. if you want to do the single player campaign, that'll work too. But I, I want to have at least one or two games where we play against each other. Nah, I won't. Pro- I won't have time probably to do single player. So yeah, right. well, definitely. Okay. All right, Sony news. Uh, so firmware five point is issued. It has, it has, has issues. issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, supposedly there was faulty Blu-ray drive hardware uh, tripping an error code, basically not allowing update, uh, therefore no access to many Sony apps and services. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you or Pigeon have I haven't got, updated. got this update yet. Because so supposedly, I don't know if it's like a, a version or something with the blu-ray drive or if maybe there's even more to it but they're saying that is the culprit is that whatever's up with the blu-ray drive and this new firmware update they're kind of not playing nice together and i don't know if i don't know if the hardware like therefore at that moment is 5.0 but has errors but it basically blocks people out from being able to access the Sony online services. Okay. Oh, wow. So it kind of like bricks your console because like people are like, oops, I've installed this firmware update, but now I can't do anything with it. So they're like kind of sitting here waiting on Sony to come up with a fix or a solution to it. A solution. That's just an immediate rollback. Sorry. Let's just do this. This is the newest shit and let's roll back to whatever the last one was. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, 
some of the articles I saw said it wasn't too widespread, but I mean, it's definitely not like no red ring of death type of thing, but I would be a little pissed off if I had a PlayStation, especially if they find out it's like the original adopters, you know, like right. if, it, if it's like the early version ones, but all these new slims and pros and stuff don't have the issue. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of scared to boot mine up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Microsoft News. Uh, Cuphead, which we already went to town on, uh, and yep. Forza 7 both released. And yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I won't talk about Cuphead, but did you see some of the gameplay of Forza 7? I saw a bunch of it. Uh, Spamfish was playing a whole bunch of it uh, right when it first released. He loves the racing games and stuff. Um, the thing yeah. I wanted to kind of discuss with you with re- uh, regards to Forza 7, and this is something that Spam kind of goes into great detail when he's talking about it, is it really does seem more of an arcadey kind of racer. Um, he was saying, because he's been dry, or he tried Project Cars 2? Yes, that just came out also. And he was saying that he was having problems with that because of it being him using a controller and that he felt it wasn't doing it any justice unless he was using a wheel. Yeah, I've heard the same. I have heard that Project Cars on wheel and pedal is amazing as a simulator right um and the controller it's very difficult but he was saying that he loves forza because of its semi simulator appeal but arcadey kind of you know overarching umbrella i i mean that that may be disputable or you know an argument to be had because I, mean, I did know watch if you turn some a lot of the helping things off. You can kind of make it almost a one hundred percent simulator. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know if it's maybe just more of a factor that Turn Ten does that awesome of a job with making it feel right on a controller. Because I've seen people play it with wheel and pedal, and that's always how they present it at any of these expos and stuff too. With all the full simulation, like right. you said, and I've seen people struggle like the car spinning out like in real life. So. I think Forza 7 can be turned up like to extreme. Yeah. But I think just like on its default, it's it, you're you're right. It might be a little more arcadey, but it's it's just nice and fun to play. That's the thing. I think the ease factor of it and not stressing out the whole time I think mm-hmm. is what makes it more enjoyable. The only question that I have is in kind of I would almost appreciate a mix between Horizon and General Forza. I would almost like being able to go to like a track, mm-hmm. like any of the ones like Watkins Glen, and actually have those races like you have in regular Forza. But I would also, but I, I love I love the Horizons option for open world driving around. Yeah, I mean, you fit into that class. I've seen some people argue, like you know, yesterday and today, that they think Horizon is just the better game. I mean, it really is. It, it makes you wonder what you know Horizon 4 will be capable of especially if it's built around the 1X that's coming out. Yeah. But the thing is is like I played uh, Project Cars 1 on PS cuz I think it was a game a PS uh, Plus game that I got okay. for free. And mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. But I started off in kart and I know I had to, it took me a while to get kind of used to driving it cuz like you said yeah. it is a lot more of a sim uh, driver. Uh, where mm-hmm. I had to get kind of that feathering the uh, thumbstick instead of just hard left, hard right on the, you know, turning and then like clicking it over, like bup, 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 like bumping to make gotcha. the turns like you kind of can do in uh, Forza and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I did like the sim player. It's just 
I still like that open world kind of being able to drive from point A to point B, and I wish they almost kind of made... What was the the crew? Was that the one that kind of did the the entire U.S., supposedly? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I almost wish that they'd kind of do something like that in Forza where you could drive from, like, the Abu Dhabi track to, like, the, um, you know, the other tracks and have the other, you know, the barn finds and everything else, but still have that legit track races going on with it, too. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, Microsoft holds their mixed reality event and announces, or announced, sorry, another partnership with Samsung. Yeah, I, I know we... we beat the hell out of this horse all the time but so i'll keep it somewhat quick and high level so uh the you've always said you wanted hololens but it was never like affordable and it was you know out so microsoft's kind of coined the term you know mixed reality that's their their vision of what hololens like enabled them to do and i was reading they they decided to go with the approach of what they did with windows originally that made it so successful versus back in the day windows and apple right so apple had their os but it was always attached to their own hardware and microsoft decided well we're going to do the operating system but we're going to let the hardware creators of the world just run our our os and with this hololens they kind of took that tech and they call it the inside out tech they're allowing these hardware developers now to create these headsets and run their operating system on it hmm. to to get it out there. And the big announcement was that it's it's come it's it's kind of incubated and built into the whole Windows 10 creators update that's coming. Okay. Like October 17th, I think is the date. And starting that date, all these mixed reality headsets are going to start hitting and their big bombshell today was that they're partnering with Samsung, who's like the leader, you know, the world leading creator of you know the smartphone now this is good because i don't think i think doing it this way is not gonna create like a betamax type of situation yeah well that was the question so just for the listeners it's um it's like the high end so these mixed reality headsets by dell acer lenovo stuff like that you can get them for 299 or 399 with the the joysticks this one's going to be 499 but samsung said it's like a high end it's a high end because compared to the others that have just LED screens at a lower resolution, right. this has two OLED Samsung screens in it at a higher resolution. O- OLED what? Two-inch screens? Well, I guess the OLED gives better clarity and better, you know. You've got an OLED. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but like two, two inches traps. and I'm paying $500 for two two-inch screens? Yeah, so my big question to you is, are you happy with the approach to let other hardware manufacturers create the headsets and let them be competitive and get the cost down or would you rather have seen microsoft make their own mixed reality headset like they made their own surface no. and their own i'm 100 you know? getting it out there and letting the other uh, companies bring the cost down and just using their um, software on it because i mean we saw what happened with the microsoft phone when they went and bought nokia I thought Nokia had great phones. I really do. I don't know what happened as to why they dropped off, and I think it sucks that they kind of did. But, you know, I think having the competition out there is going to be better for everybody as a whole. Um, Now, with I have a question with regards to the mixed reality versus augmented reality. It's so these headsets, they basically 
they took all the stuff they learned from Connect, they put all that into the HoloLens, and then they took all the stuff they learned from HoloLens, and they basically patented out that technology. So you put these headsets on, they're full visor, but they've got two little cameras in the front. Right. And basically, those are your eyes. So when you put the headset on, it can show you your room and everything in it, and then it'll overlay the augmented reality. Just like HoloLens did. Okay, so it's not you looking through the clean, the, the semi-clear tinted lens like you did in the HoloLens. It's no, you're you're actually going to be looking through the through the, the the OLED screens, but you're seeing what the camera sees in front of you. In front of you, which gotcha. can portray, you know, exactly as if you were looking through sunglasses, but it overlays the AR. But the nice feature of that too is it has real-time tracking. And it can go to full virtual reality. Right, so right, you're right. getting you're getting the best of both worlds. You can either do AR or VR. Gotcha. All right. Five hundred bucks seems a little bit much. Yeah, or or three ninety nine for the cheaper ones. Yeah, that seems like a little bit much though. Still. All right, Nintendo news. Uh, FIFA finally comes to the Switch. Mm, uh, I heard be- they. I heard they kind of botched it up, though. No, we kind of always talk about, uh, you know, the convenience factor of take it with you. And with the Switch being handheld, um, I mean, we've played FIFA on our TVs. We've played it, you know, uh, multiplayer against each other, you know, over the web, again, on our TVs. Um, What are your thoughts of playing something like FIFA, which, I mean, even when you're playing on your TV, the guys aren't huge. I mean, you're playing with a very far back camera view of a lot of the field. Yeah, uh, what's I would. Your, what's your I would. I can see where you're going. On the small screen when you're on the go. Yeah, so you're talking about like the usability and the functionality. It it could have some gray areas and it could be difficult. But I'm assuming far- the clarity is going to be great, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying size wise, is it going to be a nice screen? You think or? Yeah, I think it could be difficult, but I think it functioning as its purpose, I think, is a really good idea. Like, I mean, I think the Switch is a great platform as a whole the whole idea like you just said you could you took it on vacation and you were able to like play and bond with your father you you know what i mean like you can take take these things and you know as silly as it sounds you're like out at a picnic somewhere you can get a quick game of fifa in or something you know with with buddies right So, so i think the premise and the concept is great i just i can understand what you're saying some things some games might not function (laughs) <laughs> to their best ability because you're playing on a small screen. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm just I'm wondering clarity wise. I mean, I I can't because I haven't played it on the Switch. I mean, I have a Switch, but we didn't get FIFA right away because I know it wasn't going to be used uh, as much as I would on my regular console. Um, but yeah, I was just curious. I mean, I'm I'm super excited that they're finally bringing these new games to Nintendo, mm-hmm. where we usually got kind of leftovers or hand-me-downs kind of on the uh the newer nintendo systems so i i would i would almost if i owned one i'd almost stay away from games that had small features like that like i'd almost like you'd be doing the switch for you know the zelda the mario maybe like the telltale type of games right you know oxen freeze kind of pushing it i mean those characters might be a little tiny too but Hey, they look um, fantastic, I have to say. Even, I mean, for his small and his lack of, I guess, quality that they put into, you know, 
Not that, not that they didn't put the quality into the game, but the lack of quality that they put into the character design on those. I mean, they still looked really smooth. Their coloring was great. There wasn't a lot of detail on them. Yes, yeah, so but they simple, still looked real clean and simple. Yeah. yeah, simple but good artistic style. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, multi-platform news. Assassin's Creed Origins will feature an educational ex- uh, exploration of Egypt um, after release via an update. Yeah, so... That's actually I, pretty sweet. Yeah, they basically had said you're going to be able to walk around all of Egypt or whatever all of is in the game with with um, nothing like part of... It has no story mode, no combat or anything. It's just kind of explore around the world of Egypt. as like, And they called it like an educational mode. But again, is it... Uh... Does it kind of give you spots where you stop and then listen to, like, if you were on a tour? I don't know those details, but I would hope that they're going to have little hidden Easter eggs to find and things to educate you further. Okay. I mean, I think it's a great thing for kids. I mean, this, Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, hey, I don't want you to go and cut guys' heads off, but, hey, go, you know, climb around all of Egypt and learn about it, I think is a... A really cool feature yeah, to add yeah. to. Definitely. I'm 100% agreement. Uh, that's it for our game talk. Uh, let's get our reviews on the beer again. Kelk? It's a yay. It's really smooth. Again, I, still I, chocolatey, I, not a whole lot of peanut butter, but... Yeah, yeah. And I would almost say this is definitely one of those beers that, as it got a little warmer, it, it actually gets better. It's uh, not... More flavor? Yeah, more flavor and smoothness. I, I, I would say ice cold is not the way to enjoy this. Okay. I'd say a little bit warmer. Hmm. All right. Uh, and food pairing, did you change? Still smoky ribs? Yeah, I would say definitely ribs. All right. And myself, uh, this uh, golden monkey, it's really good. It's tasty. Uh, thank God I got a big bottle of it, and thank God it didn't skunk. This is that one that when I went to that wedding... I picked this up and it was cold and it got warm on the ride back to home <laughs> and it got uh, cold again. But thank God it didn't skunk because it is really tasty. Uh, if you get a chance, 9.5% alcohol, give it a try. All right, uh, we'll be back uh, after one more fill up and I just have to put a little bit more in here with a big bottle and we'll be talking about the Brown Breeze. <sighs> For more from the Loda Couch, check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you like me and would like to follow me on Twitter, at Pigeon Pegleg, and also on Twitch, Pigeon Pegleg. Pigeon Pegleg. Hey, this is Scotch Hound. If you want to hear more from me, you can check me out on Twitter at ScotchHound underscore LC or on Twitch at ScotchHound. All right, we're back to the Brown Breeze section of the show. Calc, what are you drinking? Something I've had before, but new for tonight. <laughs> um, I'm drinking the Farmhouse Summer Ale from Flying Fish. Okay. It is, uh, again, it's their summer ale. It is 4.6%, and it looks like it's like very light, very golden. It's in the bottle, so it's kind of hard to get a you know, real... You're pushing re- it. We're in full yeah. already. I know, exactly. I've got four of them left in the fridge. i got to clear them out. <laughs> and uh, it's... Uh, Flying Fish Brewing Company out of Summerdale, New Jersey. All right. We are uh, PA and New Jersey fans over here, if you haven't noticed. Uh, myself, I'm drinking the Gold Monkey still. Uh, trying to get rid of this big bottle from Victory Brewing Company, Belgian Triple, out of Downingtown, PA. And it's 9.5% alcohol. Right in the diarrhea of the mouth, our first story. 
it's a doozy. All right, this one comes from, looks like whatever the local news station is, KY3. Uh, Missouri man charged with stabbing his grandson after a donut argument. <laughs> that better be one hell of a donut. Oh, so uh, supposedly in Raytown, Missouri, a man was charged with stabbing his 12-year-old grandson after an argument over a donut. So the 67-year-old man is charged with first-degree domestic assault uh, and has a bond set of $50,000. Could you imagine if this was over just an old-fashioned? Well, that's the crazy thing. Uh, the man who's being charged told police that the boy was disrespectful and that he snapped early Tuesday when the boy refused to give him a donut. So the so boy, I, bleeding, ran so was to the neighbors it? looking for help. Was it Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> uh, Midwest, Missouri, I would say Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I'm probably 100% wrong with that, but that's what, I'm, okay. that's what I'm going with. Anyway, so he stabbed him through the forearm, all the way through the forearm. Four-inch long wound. Damn. Grandpa uh, loves you, huh? Dude, you are... <laughs> you're never... Ever, ever going to trust your grandfather again. That again? Then again, you're always going to share your donut for the rest never, of your life. Ne- never going to follow him into the garden shed with all the sharp <laughs> objects in there. <laughs> Holy crap. Can you imagine, though? Over a fucking donut. It's a donut. Go out and get another one. Grandpa's got some anger issues. Holy crap. All right. Uh, holy mackerel. All right. Our next one is, and this one comes from... Uh, ABC 8 News, I'm assuming in the uh, Ohio area. Mm. The police say they have caught a teen having sex with a uh, dachshund again, or a dachshund again. Yeah, there's the key word, again. (laughs) That should have been in capital letters with like quotes around it and exclamation points. So police in Warren, Ohio say a teenage boy admitted to having sex with a dog again. Um, the family members found the 17-year-old boy naked in bed with the dog and reported it to child services, and now the child spends half his time with child services and the other half with his family. Talk about man's best friend, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And now he's facing two misdemeanor counts of bestiality and animal cruelty charges after admitting to having done it again. That's horrific insane and it makes me really wonder what the the future for this poor kid (laughs) it's a dachshund that i can't believe i i personally can't believe that they went to child services with it and didn't just take him to like a psychiatrist it's like a fleshlight you know dachshunds are (laughs) (laughs) jesus Oh my god, dachshund, man, they're so small. Oh, that's crazy. Chris. <laughs> oh, like I'll never, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to look at a dachshund the same. <laughs> You're going to take your flashlight every time you see one now. <laughs> Holy crap. Mm, disgusting. All right. Uh, we have one question from listeners. Uh, this question comes from at Twitch Savvy. Do you think he dresses that dachshund up as a vagina <laughs> on Halloween? 
Oh my god! Too soon. You know, too you, soon. You know, well, you know how people like you see them dressed up as little hot dogs, like wiener dogs. <laughs> so dressed up as little he, he truly is oh, the Jesus. wiener dog. <laughs> oh god! You're going to hell, straight to hell. All right. First question, or our first and only question, comes from at Twitch Savvy. I watch Twitch and Mixer, and I hear the complaints about certain streamers having cleavage streams or only playing what is hot in the game world to get views. It appears to work, and the money is flowing. So what are your thoughts on this method of making money, uh, the selling out or the selling sex? So also known, excuse me, also known as clickbait. Exactly. Um, I... I don't I don't think there's a problem at all about doing it over like what's a hot game, like a you know, a trending or current game or a big release. Right. Like Cuphead I know was huge on uh mm-hmm. Twitter and or not Twitter, Twitch and uh Mixer this past week. But I have you know, I have seen the, the cleavage streamers and stuff like that and you know what bothers me even more than that though is my son, like, he wants to sit and watch some of these streams, and I'd say at least nine out of ten, eight out of ten of them are either vulgarity or cleavage streamers. Right. And it's kind of annoying because, you know, here it is. Here's this, like, great outlet to be able to, like, you know, sit and watch all these different games and all these people play it and get a feel if you actually want to buy the game. But not like you can't go more than thirty seconds without the f bomb or something like that. I, I I know we curse on this show and stuff like that, but it's more geared towards adults. But something that's like out there where you know kids have easy access to, uh, I think it definitely is a little over the top, and I I definitely don't agree with the whole using the clickbait stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm one hundred percent in agreement, and um, I completely agree with the vulgarity options. It's just. I mean, sometimes it's you. You see it, and it's you wonder. I mean, is this the only vocabulary that they have to use in those situations? It's like every other mm-hmm. word's the f word. I was like, okay, are you doing it for shock value, or do you really talk like that every single day of your life? Yeah, and you know what? If if it was, if my son was watching a streamer and it was thirty minutes into it, and they did something like really cool or really unexpected, and they they said a curse word, I probably wouldn't care as much as like i said you can't go 30 seconds without f-bomb this or you know what i mean like right. like you said it's like it's the only words in their vocabulary yeah and it just makes it's like i sit there wondering okay are they just making my son less intelligent because they don't have a better vocabulary themselves and i don't know but yeah no i i'm not a fan of the the clickbait but i don't have any problem with the uh the hot games of the week yeah 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 i agree all right, thank you for the question at Twitch Savvy. Uh, that's it for the show. Uh, thank everybody for listening. We're going to give our beer review, but I just wanted to say um, uh, to our listeners, uh, as Calcade kind of um, stated earlier, um, moving forward at the beginning of the year, uh, we're going to be moving our TV and movies um, section of the show into a separate show. Uh, we're going to have a games and uh, diary of the mouth kind of uh, section where we talk beer as well. 
And we're then going to have a beer and TV movies uh, section of our uh, podcast as well. So we'll have two. Uh, we'll make sure that we label them correctly so that you guys can easily find them. They'll all be under the Loaded Couch name, of course, to make it simple and easy. Uh, but definitely keep an eye out for that at the beginning of the year uh, for which one you guys uh, like best. And if you want to let us know which ones you like best, that way we can kind of put the attention where you guys are, where you're looking forward to hearing us uh, most. Um, that would help out a lot. So you can reach us at the Loaded Couch uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, reach out to us at uh, www.theloadedcouch.com. And I think that also has a link to go ahead and comment or uh, send us questions, comments, whatever on it. Uh, otherwise, you can reach us via email at theloadedcouch at gmail.com. Um, Kelk, any outfall things other than that before we get to the beer review? No, nah, no. Nah, anybody wants to get in touch with me or ask questions, know more about our life or whatever we want to tell you. Uh, you can reach me at CelticFox underscore LC on Twitter. And myself at Scotchund underscore LC. And Pigeon Peg Leg pretty much everywhere. All right. Uh, beer thoughts one last time? It's a yay. Like you said, I'm pushing it here with the we're in pumpkin season now. Well, you've been doing uh, so pumpkin the last two shows now, haven't you? Uh, I think just one. But I, I am. I'm pushing it with the farmhouse summer ale. But it's it's actually light and refreshing coming off of that peanut butter chocolate porter. Now, with the porter, it has those coffee hints to it, um, which was more uh, tasty, or which which had a heavier taste, the chocolate or the coffee? Probably the coffee slash porter okay. was still more upfront than the chocolate, and definitely more upfront than the peanut butter. Okay, and then with this uh, farmhouse, um, what's kind of the overall flavor? Is it just a light? beer flavor or do you get some of the uh the citrus and stuff in it like it's i was just gonna say it's light crisp but has citrus um definitely not nowhere near on the scale of that you know that homegrown lager right um probably i'd say like 25 percent of that citrus wise okay all right and my uh, gold monkey it's still delicious and i'm definitely gonna finish this whole double bottle tonight so all right, uh, that's it for the show. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like we said, reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on the show. Give us some feedback. Give us some comments. Give us some questions. We will put them in the show. And uh, we hope to hear from you guys. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Later.